Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen around the world, around the internet. This is your host, Ben Frawley, and welcome to Desperately Seeking Entertainment, hosted by the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. Our benefactor, Miss Havisham of our Pippin, Chris Peterson, cannot be with us tonight, but tonight we have Lynette and Ben coming at you. How's it going, Lynette? It's going great. Awesome, awesome. Well, I have so much content. We skipped a week last week. It was my birthday week, so that's Happy fine. belated birthday uh, to you. Lynette, you know that you'd be up here if it wasn't the end of the world. And I it wasn't feel... stabbing people for gasoline in the streets. <laughs> I have given you so much flack in the past two weeks. It's like I forgot that it's your birthday, and I just keep slamming you with text yeah. messages about how yeah. much I hate you. Yeah, like, ah, uh, yeah. Why wasn't I invited to your party? It's like, oh, Lynette, I haven't seen my parents in 100 days, but I forgot the invite to you. My bad. <laughs> Obviously, I'm much more fun. No, actually, I'm probably not. I'm probably equally as fun as your parents, because your parents probably get down, I would presume. They're pretty wild. Wait wait till that meeting of the minds. It's going to be wild. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> anyway, so um, if you're joining us this week, um, you know, Chris has been making huge changes to the website it's got a new look our podcast has a new look and it's coming up um live on spotify like the the day it's uploaded so he's making lots of changes so hopefully we'll get out to more people so if you're joining us for the first time me and lynette and chris and whoever we have on the show this is all things entertainment we discuss three to five stories about entertainment that week and we discuss them but here's the catch the other people on the air we haven't gotten together and said, oh, you talk about this, and then I'll talk about this. No, what you hear is live on the air. It's a PTI of entertainment. You get our live reaction. So I have no idea what Lynette's bringing. She has no idea what I'm bringing. So we talk a little before the pod, but we gotta get right to it because we'll start we'll start messing up. So hold on, before we start, I need to do a little jargon giraffe. Uh, what's a PTI? <laughs> oh, uh, pardon the interruption. Is this? Uh, show on ESPN, which is the Entertainment Sports Network that was started in like 1980. So, Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but on the show, it's uh, two guys. Uh, oh, I forgot their names. Tony Kuk... Not Tony Kukoc. Tony Korn- <laughs> Kornheiser and uh, Wilson. What's his name? Oh, man. You had to put me on the spot. Anyway, uh-huh. Josh is going to kill me. Uh, but anyway, every time a new story comes up, they just off the cuff give their two cents and they kind of go back and forth. So it's gotcha. kind of... It's, it's kind of derived of that. It's kind of a little talk soup. It's kind of a little of everything. I don't know. We just came up with it. It was Bring awesome. a little so. Oprah. It's fine. We got little it. Little Oprah. Little The View. Yeah. Who am I on The View? Uh, Can I be Whoopi? I don't think that's culturally appropriate now, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I just... I just thought because I've always found Ted Danson attractive. I just... Oh, yeah. No, that's... okay. I wasn't talking goes... about skin color. I was just talking about... <laughs> Our likes and dislikes. Well, the funny uh, thing was, is I was going to go for Joy Bayer. I was like, I'm obviously Joy Bayer. Chris would be whatever Republican person is on. Yeah. And then Josh would fill the hole. Wait. <laughs> I don't think you would Excellent. That. Excellent. We're off to the races today. This is great. Anyway, so Lynette, ladies first, what do you got for us this week? Okay. So I heard something that 
uh, I I figured I was hoping Josh actually would be on the show today because he could confirm or deny it. So I heard something on my SiriusXM satellite radio morning mashup, uh, some Star Wars news that it was leaked that eventually the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda might cross paths with Rey in some movie or TV show happening in the Star Wars universe. I, I also heard something. Uh, she was in the news, the woman that plays Rey, um, sh- doing voiceover work for something Star Wars related as well. So there's a lot going on there. Okay. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out if that was real. And then also I was trying to... Um, all week I, I was like really getting in touch. I was tapping on the idea of my feelings around this. Like... Am I okay with this? Do I still feel accepting of myself um, if this goes down where where the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda meet, or excuse me, the child meet Ray? I don't know. I haven't come to a conclusion yet. How do you think? What do you think? What do you feel? Uh, just they need to scrap the whole uh, next trilogy. Just, uh, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Like, what is it? Nine, nine eight, ten. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, seven, seven, eight, eight nine. nine. Just, just scrap it. Just, so basically, I, seven should eat nine. Eight yeah. nine. <laughs> seven, eight, eight nine. Seven <laughs> ran away. Uh, no. We. Yeah. I, I, that's my opinion. I, I just Ray was such. Listen, I'm all in on the Force Awakens. All okay. in. Bought yeah. it like on like Blu-ray. Watched it numerous times. Getting ready for the Last Jedi, and then it just. They took everything they built in those characters and just threw it away. Um, one thing, I mean, the reason why I think that is, you know, the original Star Wars are built on uh, character archetypes that have been around for generations, and that's why they work. You know, whether it be the princess in distress, the hero, the pirate, um, the villain, whatever, you know, the outcast from society, whatever one you you pick, you know, they've those have been in the our storytelling since Plato, the Bible, Gilgamesh, whatever you call it, those archetypes are in there. That's why, you know, George took them from, you know, Japanese samurai films. It's like, oh, those are based on Westerns. I'm going to take those kind of archetype characters and put them in a space drama. Boom, it works. And I think they got away from that. They built these characters up again, and then they just... And not that I want to see the same movie over and over again, but I, I don't know. I hold some things sacred. That's that's my thought. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, we remember when we learned in theater class that there was, what, 36 dramatic situations total in human history or something like that? Do right. you remember that? I do remember that. And I do remember that there are only two types of stories. We haven't figured out another one. There's just comedy and drama. That's that's it. We haven't yeah. figured out another one yet. Even though we... we oh, yeah, because dramedy is kind of both, right? Right, right. I mean... <laughs> The road rules, real world challenge. <laughs> Shakespeare probably didn't call that one, but I, I don't know. Like that is. But just... that's still comedy drama. I mean, it's still it's still comedy and drama. It's just in a reality. And P.S. I'm air quoting myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, reality uh, foundation. I mean, it's I still the air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good. I'm glad that I was able to push that energy to you. Um, I mean, it's it's the same. It's uh, I have friends that like live by it. They're like, I just the drama of it all. Like, 
that's why they watch it. And I'm okay. like, it's what, 25 years is the anniversary of Road Rules Real World Challenge? I can't even say it. I sound like I'm yeah. drunk. I've had one glass of wine. I'm like, oh, that's so <laughs> I learned my lesson from the bottle of champagne that time. <laughs> <laughs> the bottle. Yeah, I remember that episode. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think, I don't need my Mandalorian to meet Rey. I don't, I'm perfectly happy knowing that the Mandalorian exists within the timeline of Star Wars. I don't need my characters to necessarily intertwine, though I know Josh was really excited about the character from the Clone Wars, which I'm a terrible Star Wars fan. I don't remember her name because I haven't oh, the, watched the Clone chick Wars. with the big hair thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like a horn. I don't think that's hair. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, like the fact that she's, I, I'm more excited that if if it's gonna be Rosario Dawson, like that's what I'm excited about. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I like I was more excited when they when they hinted, and that it's been leaked that Boba Fett's gonna show up. Uh, season two I was way mm-hmm. excited about that because um, he isn't in fact a Mandalorian but he wears Mandalorian armor right um, so that should be an interesting I, I just thought the whole show like similar to Rogue One that show Wait a minute. I like how it's not tied to anything would it wouldn't it have to be a flashback what do you mean doesn't because this takes place after four five six right mm-hmm. before seven eight nine uh we're not sure yet we're we're not sure if it happens i think it is pre seven eight nine because there's post empire credits so the 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 death star has exploded and so right. that's why they're trading in post um because the empire did the purge on, on mandalorian and they were trading in old uh right. steel yeah so and i could be really wrong because I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. Didn't Boba Fett die in the sand dune? Yes, he did. The Sarlacc, Sarlacc pit. But in the expanded novel universe, which isn't canon anymore, he survives that. His armor protects uh, him. Oh. So but then if that's not canon, all right, all right. He could pop up. We're getting into areas that we need Josh for, I think. Yeah, he's going to be like, this was wrong, this was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, you're just crazy, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Lynette, that, I think that is happening. I, you know, but I the reason why I like Mandalorian, the reason why I like Rogue One is not everyone has to be related, right? You know, not everyone has to be a Skywalker. Not everyone has to use the Force. Like, you know, the appeal of Star Wars in the Star Wars universe in the Mandalorian is it's a Western, and in a Western, it's the most gritty. You're going to die in five seconds. You know, right. Clint Eastwood walks down the street and just blows you away. Boom. You're like anyone's cannon fodder. Anyone can die. Mm. And you get the sense that in this universe of Star Wars, same thing. You know, you even if you're a droid, you're just ready to be like re- disassembled. You know what I mean? And just turned into a, a slave bot or something like that. Like this universe that takes place is a brutal universe filled with like monsters and everyone's just trying to survive. That's what makes it interesting. And. I don't know the the, the family drama. It, yeah, it's... Uh, well, yeah. I just was laughing because I remembered you saying Ray Palpatine. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey! Like now she just... rolls up like that, like dressed like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. That's something else. <laughs> oh my god! Those high collars. Yeah. 
I, I have found, we, you know what? We're going to go back for our MFA. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do We're going to do Ray Palpatine, you and I. <laughs> You're going to direct it. I'm going to figure out a way to fund it. Well, it's going to be great. This we're going to make great. this happen. We'll do the whole, like, you think I'm funny? You yep. think I'm a clown? <laughs> no, Anthony, he's a big boy. He can speak for himself. Go ahead. Uh, no, so great one, Lynette. Yeah, that was uh, rumored. I don't know if that's confirmed. Okay. Uh, so that, yeah, that was big news this week. Um, but big news for me, let's go on to my first yeah. one, was the Dave Chappelle special on YouTube called 8 Minutes and 46 Seconds. Did you get a chance to watch this? I have not yet. Oh, okay. So Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to. It's in my queue. Okay. I, my friend told me I had to watch it. Like, I'm down to, I'm down to get down with it. Buckle up. Uh, so, <laughs> as Dave says, buckle up. Uh, it's going to be a weird ride home. So... Uh, he has this special, and of course, Dave Chappelle is a stand-up right. comedian. He has this special. I'm not really sure if it's a comedy special. Um, it's a processing special, is the way that my friend explained it to me. Uh, okay. Like it's <laughs> you have a to way watch to watch it. All right, all right, all right. You, once you watch it, you'll. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about your thoughts. Uh, my thoughts are: some of it's off the cuff, some of it is prepared. Um, there are, I think, I don't think he knew what he was going to do. Mm. And Dave has famously done this. You know, he's had like 12 hour stand up rides where he's just sitting there talking for like, you know, any amount of hours, three hours, four hours, something like that. I think he was off the cuff and I think it was important what he said. Now, you know, there was, all right, this is, this is my take. So this is Ben's take. Uh, so the last couple of weeks, Lynette, you know, you're def- you're familiar with the defund the police signs at the protests, right? Correct. And, you know, people were up in arms like, ooh, taking all the money from the cops. Blah, blah, blah. But, of course, that's not what this is about. This is Correct. about reforming a system that is built uh, – that was built originally to, like, oppress people. It's freaking awful. It was so, made to take over slavery. Right, exactly. Or, or capture runaway slaves. That's, yeah. like, literally what the prison system is, like, for – um, that's what it was built for. So what, you know, that's what that sign means. And I forget who it was, who I was watching, but he, he said, it might've been Anderson Cooper, you know what I mean? And he had to explain defund the police and say, it, it doesn't mean like, you know, get rid of all police in the world or something like that. Protesters are there to raise awareness and speak loudly. You know what right. I mean? On the end of a bullhorn and get people talking, get people thinking, if, you know, reform the police department fit better on a sign, it would be on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> and if it was as strong, but defund the police fits nice on a sign and it speaks loud. It, it's it, yeah. it gets, whoa, like, oh, my God. So similar to that sign is this Dave Chappelle s- special. OK. Um, he you get a sense that there were some things that he researched. There were some things that. He knows, and he spoke from his heart, of course, like as he does all the time. As a black well, man in America. Oh, oh yeah, and and I mean, and more importantly, on my hand, I can count uh, the black men in America with a voice. Right. There aren't a lot that have a platform. Um, seriously, I could, I could, on my hand, I can count the black comedians and then on my hand, I can count like the famous black actors. Like that's it. That's, and that's sick. That's well, and the guy from CNN. 
Right. So, like, that's what's disgusting about it. So I thought it was important that as a black man in America with a platform, he came out and said something. Now, what he says is very strong, very potent, very controversial. I won't spoil it for you or the audience, but it needs to be heard. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 it left me, it left me struck. You know, I, I shared it and people were like, wow, that was really powerful. Um, you got the, I think the point of the special was to get his emotion behind it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the actual, the content is meant to stir emotions, if that makes sense. Right. So, um, yeah, so Lynette, that's my first story of the week. I mean, protests are still going on daily in America and around the world. So I think more people with platforms like him need to speak out like this. I thought it was important that he, you know, it was, it was under the Netflix name, but it was released direct to YouTube. I thought that was great of Netflix and Dave to figure that out to get this message to the most amount of people mm. possible. I thought that was a cool move. Um, but yeah, Lynette, what are, your, what are your thoughts on Dave speaking out about everything? Uh, I would agree. Um, I, th- I think you're right that more people, th- there's not enough black people that have a voice, um, that can reach millions of people and try to get them to understand why and what is happening. Um, you know, I think that, uh, it's a very personal subject for a lot of us, myself included, uh, which is why I've already been to two protests and plan on going to another one on Saturday. Um, And I'm actually quilting my sign so that it can stay for longer because Mm -hmm. I think it's gonna take time. Um, I, without seeing it, I can't talk to the content. Right, Um, but But just, you know, just speaking about that it exists, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. And I think, and I think that the, I think, you know, there are other people doing that. Uh, Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah in the daily show has right. been producing some amazing content around this, um, mm-hmm. which I blast my Facebook with, uh, because again, he's using humor as well as personal experience, um, to get things out. Um, it, but you're right. There's not there's not enough people. Um, there's not enough people to speak. I mean, um, yeah. Right. Sorry. So you I mean, one think- of the things, one of the but- things that you know Michael Jordan was slammed for, was that he didn't come out. You know, against let's say the Republican Party in the '90s and other things that were going on. And famously was quoted with, uh, you know, Republicans buy sneakers as well, which is a terrible quote to have on your jacket. Um, But, you know, LeBron James has been speaking out and other black athletes in the NFL um, and other uh, white athletes like J.J. Watt saying, if we come back, I'm kneeling. And so did the coach and the GM said that, too. Uh, So a lot of people are standing up and speaking out, whether it be allies of people of color. So I think it's more important the more we keep flooding the system. So this isn't one of those things like, oh, Remember that month where everything was on fire? Let's just move on. We don't want to be like that. We want to. We want this thing to keep going so we actually have real change. Um, you know, Lynette, I'm a transplant, but I'm a New Yorker now. Mm. I'm glad to be in the first state that passed real reforms to police 
and police background checks and all that stuff and police records. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, Cuomo just signing that was awesome. So, um, I, you know, hopefully more people change like this. I do agree. I do have one thing that I think is food for thought. And then one thing that's based around entertainment and the Black Lives Matter thing. Um, one thing that I really do appreciate is Netflix creating an entire platform for Black Lives Matter for educational and entertainment purposes. Uh, have you been on Netflix lately? Uh, no. If you go directly to Netflix, the first thing it asks you, it says, we have a series of, like we have a bunch of shows and series and documentaries about um, the black experience in America. Would you like to see the lineup? Before hmm. you can even get to your list. And I was like, thank you. It's about time. <laughs> like, all right. And then when you open it up, the plethora of stuff that's in there is like, dear white people, um, do the right thing. Uh, right. A great documentary called The 13th, which I watched, different topic. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's awesome. And it talks about the defunding of police and things. So all of that is there. My thing about what you said about the players, though, is this is my one question, is it's awesome now that people are doing it, taking a knee, and I know several people that were taking a knee when Kaepernick was doing it, but I want to be like, where were you when Kaepernick started? Uh, a bunch of players were... So the NFL... So I don't know if you've been keeping up with the trade, so that's a huge story. I was going to talk about with Chris, but a huge story is Roger Goodell finally came out and was like, oops, we were wrong in 2014. No shit. Uh, he has just famously messed it up. So the... the okay commissioner of nba has always been super cool he's just cool and will let lebron and the other players speak out and do any protest they want wear things on the sides of their shoes anything they want you know what i mean mm -hmm. like if it's paying respects to anything any political movement boom go ahead you guys as long as you wear suits to the games <laughs> yeah i don't care and uh you show up on time you guys can speak on any platform it's awesome so that's you have this picture of someone that is doing it right. Mm -hmm. Then you have Roger Goodell, who is famously covered up, uh, who has famously. All right. So Colin Kaepernick, 2014, takes a knee. Uh, a couple other players do as well. Yep. They are ostracized or let go from their teams. Um, right. And so that was either from major pressure from the GMs and Roger Goodell. So. Lynette, I know you're not a big sports fan, but there's these awful teams like the Jets and the Browns and the <laughs> Dolphins. And let me tell you, the the Browns have had something like, I don't know, 40 quarterbacks since like 2001. Just un unbelievable, awful, awful, awful. Like, get me out there. I could throw a yeah. football over the mountains. Just get me out. I'll, I'll play. <laughs> and here's Colin Kaepernick, who brought his team to the Super Bowl the year before, goes unsigned as a free agent. Okay. For the last four years, five years, that is, that was beyond suspect. That so is, then, why isn't that dude fired and replaced by Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> well, or no, because I don't think he. I don't know if he's got the skills to replace a GM. I'm talking about GMs. The GMs need to well, be fired. The team. They're billionaires. They own the teams. They run the league. They're on the board. So that's where change needs to start. Oh, yeah, and it is. The GM, so where Kaepernick might land is actually being a backup um, because it's been five years since he's played. Okay. Um, so he might land in Houston where the GM said he'd take a knee with J.J. Watt, uh, a, a, probably one of the most famous players in the league right now. I've heard um, the name. Yeah. 
Um, so that's where he might land, and that would probably have the most change is to have that team kind of take on that role. You don't want him – I mean, I don't know. It's too late. Like if it was one year later, maybe. But you have this window of when a quarterback is good. So, you right. know, you hate to see him go out there, be on the Browns and get killed because <laughs> he has right. no offensive line. And that's the thing is, like, I, I understand that from the player's point of view, from the baseline of the players. However, they need support. They need to somehow, and that's, like, where change is going to happen, systemic long-term change. And that, like, I'm using, I am using the sports analogy for yeah. an entire world is that. Oh, I got it. Right. The, like, that's great. But then we need to change the GMs. We need to change the billionaires that do this. And that's where I don't know, like, who calls who calls them out on their bull? Can I say it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no one does. They're who they're bull, they're billionaires. Bullshit. They're the owners. They they what say goes. And then it, it's the whole league is very suspect in the way it's run. I mean, this is the same league and the same commissioner that covered up Ray Rice. Mm. So uh, and and other awful events, and they just kept. Is that the murder had, dude? No, that was the guy that hit his wife in the elevator. Oh, right. And co- and they covered it up for like a long time before it got leaked, the video. And let him play and did everything. And then they, the video came out and was like, oh, oh, you're suspended. It's like, wait, you guys knew about this like five months ago? It's so really awful stuff. Like, well, remember, women aren't still considered to be active, equal citizens in the United States yet. So there's that. Well, not in that instance, not, uh, you know, yeah. Commissioner, Good, you know, Goodell didn't think she was a, she was a second class citizen in that case. So, well, that's what I'm saying. That's going to be my next thing. We're going to talk about it. All right. Get your next number two. We got number, into it. Lynette. What's your number two? My number two. Since I like to make points that women are second class citizens, I'm going to back that shit up. Uh, so FX, have we talked about this? Mrs. America? Mm-mm. Mrs. America series on FX. They finished their season. Uh, eight, nine, nine episodes. Amazing, amazing work. Uh, it is produced by Ryan Murphy, though he didn't really have any, like, he let the people actually do their own show. Um, he just funded it. He saying? just funded it, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, But it is about the struggle to get the ERA, which is the Equal Rights Amendment, passed, which still hasn't passed, which gives women the same protected rights as men in the Constitution. Still hasn't passed. Oh, so like all men are created equal, so that would include women as well? Correct. All people are created equal? Gotcha. Correct. Um, Along with rights for reproduction and other things, um, it... It specifically outlines uh, that we would be protected under law. Um, we couldn't lose our job for being pregnant or for giving birth to babies or going on maternity leave. Like it would be against the Constitution. This, the whole, the whole, um, what's it called? The whole show is about the struggle of the 1970s dare I say it, feminists. No, they were feminists. I'm a feminist. Yeah. Um, and and how this one woman decided she was against the ERA to make her own self 
more politically viable uh, Phyllis Shafley, oh, yeah. um, played by Kate Blanchett, beautifully, beautifully. Um, but Quite yeah, a controversial it's, character, right? Oh yeah, but she does it amazingly. Um, yeah, because she gives her heart, but she. We also see, we also see the the bull crap that she put people through to get to get what she wanted while still denying other women rights um, because she she believed that it was the right she believed that to save the American family women should stay home and be family but she was working on her newsletter and she was a political advocate and advisor and it's crazy it also highlights the rise of the conservative movement in America which is interesting um, but it's great because it covers Gloria Steinem and Shirley Chisholm, who was the first black woman to run for president. Um, it covers uh, Betty, I forget her last name, who was, she wrote the, not the feminine mystique, uh, the first real book that talked about women as something other than being an object of a man. Like, just was like, no. <laughs> Women have rights too. This is real. Um, so yeah, and it goes through all of this and it talks about political change and power um, and what is actually necessary and who do you get into bed with to try to make change. Um, and and it's interesting. It's very interesting, but it's still entertaining the way that they do it. Um, so Mrs. America, it's on FX. It's also in Hulu. Um, and you haven't watched it. But um, did you know what the ERA is before I started talking about it? Yeah, you mentioned the show when it started out a while oh, ago. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, it finished, and it's still exceptional. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I remember Josh was on. You guys were talking about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and that's more – that's even more prevalent now because um, that giant transgender bill just passed. Correct. By the Supreme Court. That is crazy. So Sexual uh, orientation, transgender, and um, – well, it was upheld LGBT. by this, yeah, LGBTQA. It was yep. upheld that the 13th, 14th Amendment covers them. Right. So, but still not women. Right. <laughs> Missed that one. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Awesome. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. That sounds great. Uh, so, my uh, number two this week was uh, The King of Staten Island, a new movie by Pete mm -hmm. Davidson and Judd Apatow. Uh, starring Bill Burr, Marissa Tomei, a uh, slew of others. Just a great little movie. Uh, I say little because it's definitely an independent feature. Mm -hmm. uh, so Judd Apatow from 40-Year-Old uh, Virgin fame and Knocked Up and kind of outlandish kind of like uh, comedies. And, of course, he was producer on Anchorman and you know writer on numerous other pictures. Uh, takes a little more of a personal approach with this movie. Uh, Pete Davidson, it's almost like a biopic for his life, you know, of course, changes to his story uh, and his career and his life arc in real life. Mm -hmm. um, very personal movie. Uh, I thought Pete, Pete Davidson was great in it. You get a sense that he's playing himself a little bit, um, but you get a sense that it's not just him riffing as a comedian. It, it, he definitely is in character. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that there's been a lot of things about Pete Davidson. He's kind of a divisive person in real life. Um, and he has some stories about him, but 
I, I thought this movie was very touching. I thought it worked. If you can get out of your head that it's Pete Davidson uh, and don't let his, like, the background stories get in the way, I thought this was a great little, it felt like an independent feature that I'm glad that they released it to home because in these times I wasn't, I'm not going to the theater. But um, I thought that it was an important movie to come out. Uh, it definitely spoke upon mental health, spoke upon, um, I don't know, like the family unit as like mm-hmm. a whole today in America. I thought it was just like a really great snapshot of, uh, you know, living in this time. And he reminded me, I'm trying not to be totally slamming, but I, I work with a lot of people that are around this age. He plays like a 24-year-old, 23-year-old in the movie. And the way he speaks, the way he acts, it, it just reminds me of that generation, the millennial generation that I work with now. So it was in a, in a good way, in a bad way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying it's not like he was like slamming his generation. It's just like that. That's the way they think. It's it was really interesting. Let it, have you checked it out? Or are you going to see it? Uh, I'm going to see it. I haven't checked it out. Um, I I saw that it came up as an in-theater rental. So I don't know how much... I have found that that's becoming cross prohibitive for me, the in theater rentals, because I am myself alone. So renting right. a movie for 20 bucks for 24 hours or 48 hours just doesn't seem right. Like, yeah, though well, I would go to the movie. Cat, so, yeah, right, it was me and Katie Cat. So that makes sense. Right. Um, but I do want to see it. Uh, CBS Sunday Morning did a wonderful piece on, on Pete. Um, they interviewed him at his home about the movie and like to talk about his creative process and also um, the differences between the movie and his actual life. Yeah. Um, which definitely, I I like Pete Davidson. I've seen him live in stand up. I've always enjoyed him on SNL. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. He and um, I always say his name wrong, but I love him so much. John Mulaney. Yeah. 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 Said it, right. Yeah. They they came together. Which was really weird. That's great. Because they are two very different comedian styles. Both both Saturday Night Live alums, though. Right. But Pete is much more in your face. Like, uh, whereas John is oh, quite gotcha. proper. Yeah. Uh, right. So there were some jokes where I was like, ooh, that's, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you're just like, all right. Um, anywho. But yeah, I definitely want to see it. I want to sit and watch it. So I probably will soon. Yeah, standout performances. I mean, is there a bad movie with Marissa Tomei? She's just awesome. She just she's killing it. Like every even in like she's on a second like peak. Yeah. Of her career and like ever since the wrestler. I mean, she's just been on this kind of like smaller picture you know, supporting roles, but my God, she's great in this movie. Well, she always um, kind of did that. She was always independent right. films, and she, but she also, when she's not doing movies, she's on Broadway. She's, yeah, she's, she's definitely a New York it. actor. She's yeah. definitely a New York actor. She's, yeah, so she's in those smaller movies from New York, and I mean, well, <laughs> she is Aunt May in the new Spider Man, so I mean, she is in big I stuff love, too. <laughs> I love her. I love her as Aunt May. I, yeah. at first, I was like, ooh, younger Aunt May. I don't know how I feel about that. And then when I actually saw her, I'm like, I love this so much. She's the best part of both of those movies for me. Especially the second one. Yeah, (laughs) Happy and her. That was awesome. Uh, Yeah. So I thought this was great. And then, uh, so Lynette, are you familiar with Bill Burr? 
comedian? Uh, no. The name sounds familiar, but for some reason I'm just picturing well, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and I don't know why. Definitely different. Definitely a different character. <laughs> so he's a comedian. Um, he's in the movie. Um, he's been in a couple things. You oh, might does he know play him. The step, or the guy that wants to date the wife? Yes. Yes, I do know him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You might know him as uh, the uh, telecaster from the World Series of Dice on Dave Chappelle's show. <laughs> no. No, and don't. you might know him as the t- as the uh, sportscaster for the racial draft on the on the Dave Chappelle show as well. So yeah. he's a stand up comedian. He was friends with Patricia O'Neill and that whole crew from the Comedy Cellar and Comedy Store and all that stuff. So, like, can I tell you, he's been in small stuff here and there, just like little bit parts. But he this is a big part for him, and he is great. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of his podcast. I'm a fan of his uh, specials. Um, just really funny guy and talks about really racy stuff like you were talking about Pete Davidson. So I can see why he's in the movie as well and mm. why the two of them would get along like crazy. Um, but uh, And when we get to YouTube, and this is called The Cliffhanger, uh, he's going to be part of my YouTube in this week. So Intriguing. stay tuned for that. Intriguing. Yes. Lynette, what do you got for number three? Number three. Oh, now I got to choose because we're only doing three, right? Uh, sure. I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I got four. I could do four. All right. Let's do four. All right. Yes. Okay. So number three, big, big Marvel stuff happened this week. Not sure if you heard. I'm, I'm still mildly upset about it again. Anywho, it was announced this week that Beyonce was signed to the cast of Black Panther 2. Okay. I didn't hear that. Oh yeah. It was out. The black, the black Twitterverse and things were all a buzz. Uh, yeah. They didn't announce Wait. who she's playing. Okay. All right. That was they my just, second question. Okay. Yeah. They just said that she's in the movie. Not for soundtrack. Actually cast. So all of the Black Sphere is thinking that she's going to be tapped for Storm. Oh, no. Based <laughs> on her availability... That, well, so there's there's two different ways that this is going. People yeah. are saying either they're going to make Storm a small role, so that way she can come in, do it, and then bounce. Or so you're gonna want you're gonna want her back <laughs> at right, some point, <laughs> right? Or they're gonna tap her for Storm, so that she can carry the new X Men's mm. in phase what is it? Phase five, right? That's now, when I think that's gonna look, happen. Lynette, correct either me way, I just don't want yeah. her in that movie. Well, uh, so have we seen her act yet? Yes. Before? What is she terrible. in? terrible. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, she is, she's right? In, what is she in? What she's, a- in she's in Dreamgirls. Oh, yeah. She was bad. She was okay. No, she was okay in, in Dreamgirls because she was playing herself. She was singing. Yeah, she was singing. She's singing. Right. She was playing herself. We That's saw the Eddie Murphy movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cadillac, Cadillac. Yeah. Okay. Oh, speaking of Cadillac, yeah. she yeah. Cadillac Records. Again, playing a singer. Uh... And then isn't she in like Charlie's Angel reboot or something? What what am no, I thinking of? She no, Destiny's Child did the 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 soundtrack. She might have had a bit. Yeah, she might have had a bit part that I'm not unaware of. She okay. was Nala's voice. In oh the no! Lion I know King. what it is. I know what it is. I'm not, I mean, I didn't even look it up. Wasn't she in an Austin Powers movie that was really oh, bad? Oh yes, Goldfinger. Oh, it's so bad. It's te- so it's bad. terrible. So it's bad. It's terrible. Like. You have like Mike Myers, right? 
and listen, he's up there just doing, yeah, baby, just doing this outrageous character. And he's like intentionally acting bad. And then she's like, I remember there's this one scene. She's like in the car next to him. She's like, oh, you funny or something. And it's so terrible. It's like, <laughs> he's just cringeworthy. It's like, oh, like. Yeah. Her best acting job is in the Lady Gaga video, Telephone. And she's still bad. <laughs> I hate Beyonce as an actress. I hate her. I just hate her. She shouldn't be, she should not be allowed to act. I'm going to say yeah. it. I know I'm going to get hate mail over this. Don't care. She may be Queen B or Queen Bay or however you say it of the music world, but I'm not down with this. She ruined. What was that? I having a thoroughly energized time. And then I yeah. heard her voice and I was like, Nala, you cannot feel the love tonight. It is very obvious that you do not feel the love tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that's another thing here. All right. You know, we were we were talking about how there's only like a handful handful of like black performers, black entertainers that are have a platform and stuff. And I thought, you know, the first Black Panther movie, correct me if I'm wrong, Lynette, that was like, I mean, is the biggest grossing movie of the year. The bomb. Yes. Nominated for an Academy Award multiple times. Best picture. For best picture. And first comic book movie to get nominated yeah. for best. Oh no, wait, Dark. Dark Knight Rising. Not for best. Not for best picture. No. Right. So this is the first one for best picture. Yeah, of course. And and like a very important movie because it was a. I mean, besides you know Doctor Watson, predominantly black cast. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, Michael B. Jordan, Laquita, all these people that are like these up and coming actors and actresses that are in like little stuff, and then and Those, then the guy from yeah. Get Out. I forget his name from uh, Get Out. That guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget his name. I can't. I, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm not oh. gonna lie. He's Nigerian. I, of Nigerian descent. I can't. I can't say it. <laughs> but all these actors were on set in this movie, and they're just awesome. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, that's his name. So, Thank you. Um, so he, all these people are in this movie, and then also these like, you know, Forrest Whitaker's in the movie, and all these like awesome like Angela veteran Bassett. stars. Angela Bassett. It's just crazy. It's just an awesome flick. And I was hoping that they would just keep that spirit going in the second one and have these kind of rising stars that, are, you know, not no names, but people have been in like this small right. independent movie or, you know, like, oh, the, a Broadway actor that's never been in a feature. Let's throw her in there. All this. There's plenty of actresses and actors of color that we can throw in this movie. And instead, we're just going to go the Austin Powers 4 route and just throw Beyonce in there. That's terrible. That's a terrible story. I wonder, I'm not going to lie, if the Black Mafia is real, we know that she and Jay-Z are part of it. I wonder if they, like, were going to pull, like, a headless horse in the bed kind of thing if they didn't put her in the movie. What's the What's the Black Mafia? I've never heard that. You haven't heard these rumors? No, what's the... What's the I've never heard that before. I, I have heard rumor that there yeah. is a, a entertainment Black Mafia hmm. that, like, kind of band together... It's very, it's, so this is like completely hearsay and I'm not even sure where I heard it. That's how, that's how I, how much I don't believe it's actually true. But like, I feel well, like i break I've, the story. Break the story, Lynette. 
I feel like I've, I've seen I've seen it on like on like TV series and things like in black shows they talk about black mafia, uh, where it's like it's Jay Z, Queen Bay, Oprah, Denzel, um, oh the guy from Harvard with the afro the um the professor, um, yeah, yeah. and Neil deGrasse Tyson like that's like that's like I don't know mafia. I don't know I've heard interviews like, with. With Denzel, I don't think he hangs out with any famous people. I think he just does his own thing. Like, I heard 20 minutes on Bill Simmons. He he, he seems very nice, but he just seemed like he wanted to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I got to go now. Bye. <laughs> it's like all these rich and powerful black people that, mm, like, that yeah. are, are slowly doing change through, like, acquiring wealth. Like, uh, it's, like they have their own black mafia. So, I don't know. I, I I don't it's yeah I mean we just we just want to stop getting killed in the streets I don't right. have the time to to form well, a mafia yeah I don't know if if that was a real thing yeah maybe they could work on that yeah <laughs> so anyway uh that is terrible news I mean good news but just terrible terrible right? in that right oh. it just keeps getting worse doesn't it I know I was like, if they were, my thing was, is like, literally when I, when I heard this and then I started like looking it up via Facebook and things, I was hoping that it wasn't that she was cast. I was hoping that she was like tapped to do the album concept work. Right. Like, like that I'm cool with. Like they did. And then like a little cameo or something like that. Right. 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 But not, not actually like be in it. Right. Or like one of the most powerful mutant slash superheroes there is in storm storm no. is so powerful and <laughs> like, brilliant she's brilliant and powerful and she's beautiful. like she's a demigod i mean so I like when the x-men find you know spoiler alert i mean should have read a comic you know 40 years ago but, um <laughs> when professor x finds her she's like worshipped as like a demigod in africa that's why this crossover is happening with wakanda since they got the rights to the x-men so right. when she's discovered, she's like this wild beast woman and she just controls the environment. She like was like an orphan. She was never raised right. She's like like runs with the wolf kind of thing. Right. And then they they train her all their power. It's it's a fascinating character. Doesn't Probably she, one of the most fascinating become... characters in all of X-Men, and you're gonna ruin it with this girl that was in the Austin Powers movies. <laughs> I know. Doesn't she eventually become like Queen of Wakanda? Doesn't she there are crossover books. Over, yeah. Like, yeah. There, but like, like her, she steps in when Black Panther goes missing or something. And her her area is another made up area in Africa, and the, it's close to Wakanda or something like that. So I find it interesting that Marvel uses like New York City and like totally maps out boroughs, but then when it comes to Africa, they're like, ah, oh, fuck, we don't know any con- we don't know any countries in Africa. Let's just make up Wakanda. <laughs> well, it's because I mean, there is no place like Wakanda, you know, where how do you black people know? aren't treated like shit and stuff. <laughs> you don't know that. Have you On been the to Earth? Africa? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure there isn't a Wakanda. <laughs> That's like my theory that Disney World needs to overhaul the Africa continent in Epcot and just call it Wakanda and give it up. Like, just be like, you got it. You got the rights now. Just do I'm all it. In. I'm Make all it. Wakanda. Like, I'm I mean, it's in. just as bad as calling the entire continent of Africa one spot in Epcot. 
<laughs> Couldn't pick Nigeria, Kenya, no? Just no. All of Africa. Hey, Africa. Because <laughs> black black culture, African culture does, is not a diazem. Diazepam? No, that's, that's, diazepam's a bed. They were on Valium when they created Epcot. Is that what you're saying? They're yeah, on Mother's actually, Little Helper? I looked it up because I got so pissed about it. I got so pissed when I went two years ago that I looked it up how the countries got to be in Epcot. Oh. The, country, the countries actually were tapped by Walt Disney. They, were, they sent out a thing to every country in the world and said, we are creating a world. Uh, do you want to be a part of it? And um, basically, all of the European countries were like, yeah, they had to pay Walt Disney. Oh, I bet. To be part this of it. It's like a tourism thing. Like, Norway and, like, Mexico are two of my favorite. Epcot's the shit. I love Epcot. Right. And, like, Norway and Mexico are probably most boring rides of all time. But when I was a kid, for some reason, I was just fascinated because it was like, Norway is, man, export is fish and oil. And they had all these cool stuff. And then Mexico is the bob. Well, like Norway, skydivers or uh, the high divers going. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Well, Norway also used to have the trolls before Frozen took over. Oh yeah, the troll store that's gone. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, because I was hunting me for some trolls. That was like they had like the really expensive like wooden ones from like Norway, right? Yeah, they still have some of those like the bigger yeah. ones, but like I was looking for like little pocket trolls. Right. Oh I yeah. Look. Yeah. I have no. one of those somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I want it. Um, but yeah, so they all had to pay in, they all had to pay in, um, to it. And then, um, apparently none of, except for Morocco, none of the African countries were like, they're like, we have feminine in in war. You want to (laughs) know it's 1980s Africa. We're dying of AIDS. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. So then someone was like, Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. They were like, well, we can't not have Africa. We can't have some type of representation. So they just were like, okay, Africa. <laughs> right. So not a country, a whole continent. Gotcha. Right. I got what you're saying. Right. And yeah, it's hard to get states together now. Never mind countries together to do something. Yeah. So uh, yeah. anyway, awesome. Uh, well, not awesome. Bad, bad news, but bad news, good, but learning, re- learning, learning stuff. Yes. Right. <laughs> Thank you for filling my head. All right. So this is my number three. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I watched the, Lance Armstrong documentary on 30 for 30 on ESPN. Long, long, long documentary. Three and a half hours, four hours. Long time. Uh, And then this article right here, this is BBC News. Did we need another Lance Armstrong documentary? Uh, I don't know. So I watched the whole thing. I could tell you that. Uh, There was interviews with everyone. Every single person that is involved with his life. Uh, all his teammates from the past. I mean, it's still a fascinating story, this guy's life. Um, extreme controversial character. He is quite like a personality. Like, as you're watching this, he is definitely like, I mean, he's definitely narcissistic. He definitely has that alpha dog winning personality stuff, which you need as an athlete. Um, steroids aside, you know, Riding the Tour de France is just like a beast of a course. Um, but here, here's here's the take. Um, you know, they just came out with The Boys of Summer, 
or wait, the the I forget the name of the documentary. It was about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. It was like the long hot summer or something. Mm-hmm. And um they kind of threw a snowball to them too. Uh meaning like they didn't really bring up steroids at all. <laughs> what? Yeah. And in this one, I'm not gonna say they definitely got into the steroids, doping, everything, but they would bring up almost counter arguments through the whole thing, like how tough the Tour de France is, and people would have been using cocaine since the 20s, like, and so it's really yeah, but cocaine was legal, so the whole thing was just kind of I don't want to say it was like a powder puff piece. He's definitely a controversial character, but. It's hard for me to the thing about the Michael Jordan documentary it was it was real. Mm-hmm. He's not scared to talk about anything. He'll he'll just tell you. Like he's sitting there with a giant drink of scotch or whatever he's got in the cigar right. and he's just he'll tell you. Michael Jordan just don't give a F. Like and he produced the thing. He's just like, Yeah, I'll talk about this. This guy's lying. Screw him. Like he's just he's right. just off the cuff and it's refreshing because he's like, I'm retired now. Whatevs. Like, what do you what do you want to know? You know what I mean? Um, because Michael Jordan knows he's the best. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't need to defend himself. He is the best. He was right. the best. He is the best. So it's like when you ask him a crazy question, it's not like he's like, oh, I have to defend my legacy. It's like, no, he's, he's the best. Like two time, two time three P champion, just a crazy person, just nuts on the court. And here you have Lance Armstrong. <laughs> like they start the documentary and it's very expose. I mean, you can't take your eyes off of it. It is entertainment. Um, mm. But I don't know if we needed it. Yeah. Lynette, Lynette, yeah. do you do you give a shit about a new no. Lance Armstrong documentary? I never gave a shit about Lance Armstrong to begin with. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now, oh, some dude riding a bike. He doped. What's new? White guy yeah. won't pl- won't press chart. It's fine. Whatever. Not a thing. <laughs> got away with murder. Got it. Got it. Pretty got much. It. Yep. I got what you're saying. I mean. Th- the one thing that they brought up, and it's hard to deny, is when he did the Live Strong thing, raised a lot of awareness for cancer and raised yeah, a lot of money yeah, what for cancer? that cause. And they had interviews with people like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this organization, you know, helping me through it and, and getting me like the doctors I needed and stuff. So it's hard to, it's a weird legacy he has. Yeah. yeah In the midst. A- of all that he was raising a ton of awareness and ton of money that he didn't take. Like, it's not like he, like, it's not like he cheated and then also laundered money from the organization. (laughs) It's like, he's not that much of a villain, but at the same time, he would like blast and wail on people that would accuse him of cheating that knew, you know what I mean? Like former nurses, former teammates, he would go off and like ruin their lives. Like he would, Go out like pre-internet, you know what I mean? Go out and just blast them on like live TV. This guy's like a fraud. She's a whore. Like say awful things about women and men, awful stuff. And then just like in the documentary, very flippantly, just like, yeah, I, I said some messed up stuff. You know, that was me. That was me back in the day. You know, it's like, mm, no, dude, no. that's you, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's the difference. It's it's the difference between the People accepting Kobe, you know, Kobe was actually sincere about his apologies for what had happened and that he had actually made, you know, life changes to reflect that he realized he he didn't see it properly. And then it's like the Louis C.K. where he made an apology, but it's not from a place of sincerity. So people are still like pissed. It's also and 
going back to the whole thing about like having putting good in the world but also putting bad in the world it just reminds me of the story of the dude from world war one and i cannot give you his name so here's the deal this guy he figured he's a famous scientist figured out he's the one that actually single almost single-handedly solved starvation in the late 1800s early 1900s by figuring out that plants need nitrogen to grow in the soil that's the key to solve famine is that if you can if you can give the plants nitrogen they can grow right world war one comes along he's like i'm i am definitely i'm a i'm a i'm a german jew i love germany i am a nationalist through and through let me create some chemical warfare to help win this war so he creates a chemical that they drop from airplanes speeds up the war whatever burns people terrible terrible things yeah, mustard gas. Terrible. Right. So then he ends up, he's like, I love Germany. I love Germany. I'm not leaving Germany. Hitler comes along and is like, I hate Jews. Puts him in concentration camps, gases them. Guess what? They use this dude's, this dude's chemical to gas the Jews oh, in the concentration camps. That's that's Zyklon B. That's, that's the stuff that Bear, yeah. IG Farben made. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah. So... This dude saved millions, saved millions of people by figuring out how to feed them by having nitrogen in the soil and how to do, I mean, like, can't do hydroponics without this dude kind of situation. But then he also killed millions of his own people by creating this chemical. So it's it's one of those things, like, yeah, you can do lots of good in the world and you can do the bad, but you got, you got like, there's things outweigh each other and it's not for us to judge it's up to the to god to judge for me so like if you're still doing bad which it sounds like he is because he's not apologetic for all the shit he put these other people through when he was the one lying like he's not worth my time yeah so moral of the story like fuck that guy right (laughs) pretty much yeah sorry long-winded yeah there's like this awful you know he he he's like, yeah, I felt really bad about this person. Felt really bad about this person. But then they mentioned like one of his former teammates, and like Lynette, you're right. Like, you know, without Lance Armstrong, like a guy riding a bike, like who, you know, you barely watch sports anyway, <laughs> so you're not gonna watch cycling. Uh, so actually, I probably would watch cycling over golf. Over other <laughs> oh golf, yeah, okay, that's understandable. Uh, but <laughs> golf, aka nap time. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby's favorite pastime. Oh, of course. He makes money. Uh so <laughs> when um I don't know, but then like he was like, Yeah, yeah, I apologize to her. You know, we've made amends, made amends, you know, blah blah blah. And then she and then the interviewer asks about this one teammate who's like a really close teammate, and he pretty much just says, like, F that guy. Like he deserves to die. I'll never make up with him. Like wow. and all it's really awful. And this poor guy, they have an interview with him during the documentary. And this poor guy, former cyclist, so what you know, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Right. And what did he do to Lance Armstrong? He told the truth. He came out and said, Yeah, dude, my man's cheating. And then that's why he deserves to die in his eyes. It, like it's mm-hmm. it's terrible. It's yeah. it's it's why it, it's kind of like the same, it's like a train wreck. You can't just turn away from it. So is it entertaining? Yes. Is it worth a watch? Probably. If if you're into sports and stuff like that, but you know, I don't know if we need to 
glorify that person anymore. Right. Anymore. Like, there's, he needs to go away. And there's so many other more deserving sports figures that we could have things on. Arthur Ashe. Um, mm-hmm. I, you, you have to forgive me. I stopped watching sports in the 90s. Right. Um, so, so that's the only one I can think of. Billie Jean King. Actually, she did right. just get one. Well, um, there's, there's a bunch of like, you know, so like the 30 tennis. for 30. Right. The 30 for 30 uh, series was started by Bill Simmons at ESPN and stuff. And there's a lot of ones in the catalog that are much better than this. So go watch those. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, my, uh, there's my number three. So, Lynette, what do you have to round us out for number four? Okay, my number four. I am super, super excited about this. So, I told you I was watching Issa Rae and in Insecure um, mm-hmm. on HBO. They um, finished the season, though I still have to watch the episode. But before they finished the season, this season they have had a running background TV show, which I think I may have mentioned in the previous podcast. It was called Finding LaToya. And it is a, it's a, again, air quotes, I hope you can feel them, true crime TV show about this girl named LaToya who goes missing. And they're trying to figure out what happens to LaToya. But the thing is, is it's true crime for black people. So like all the interviews are black, black people talking about, girl, you know, she's not just one person. She's got another boy on the side. And she's like, like, it's hilarious. Like, so it's another running show in the background of the show. Found out, really freaking excited, Issa Rae and her team are dropping a podcast called Finding LaToya. Oh, that's great. Where they literally <laughs> set it up about this true crime. Again, air quotes, true crime, finding LaToya. What happened to LaToya? That is I am excellent. so stoked. Cannot wait for this podcast. Um, I think Shadow X said it's going to drop on all major uh, venues, so you should be able to find it either on iTunes uh, podcast or Spotify. So can't wait. I just, it's been, sometimes the jokes from finding LaToya are even better than the jokes of the actual cast members. Like, like, there's a scene where they're in Mexico, and they're like, oh, they got finding LaToya down here? And it's, like, all in Spanish. It's the same show, but it's in Spanish. It's just, I'm just like, I can't. I can't. Like, the fact that somebody thought of a background show for a show is hilarious. And this is not the only show that does it. Yeah. So... Uh, I watched what you, got? Your, what you got. I was just racking my brain too. <laughs> I just watched Dear White People on Netflix, the TV mm. show, volumes one, two, and three, and they're going to come out with volume four. Yeah. They have a show on it called Defamation, <laughs> where the woman wears fantabulous coats and works for the president. <laughs> like the right. Sounds is awesome. So terrible, and it's obviously it's obviously. Uh, <laughs> A crack on scandal. Yeah, and that's great defamation. It, defamation, <laughs> and so all the kids in the in the in the one hall they get together for a defamation Wednesdays, where they all sit in front of the big screen TV and watch the TV show. Um, and then each season there's another show. So the second season is um, a Wendy Williams show, which I forgot what it was called, but she's always trying to comfort people with her boobs. So she's like, come cry in mama's boobs. Come cry 
crying, Mama. <laughs> so weird. That is great. And then the third one is a run on Empire called. Um, <laughs> oh, it begins with a P. It's so weird. It's just it's hilarious. And uh, Lorna, oh, who's the one that was a Master of None, who oh. helped write? Uh, uh, Lorna, damn it! I know right. what you're talking about. Lorna? Yeah, yeah, she's in it. She, she, and everybody's like, we all know she's a lesbian, right? <laughs> like, and she's like, no, I'm strictly dickly, and like everybody's <laughs> looking at her like, mm, no, girl, no. It's hilarious. So I love the fact that there's this these these two shows that I watched recently that have these shows running within a show, and now we're extending it into the podcast universe where they're creating <laughs> a whole podcast for, for this show. That is awesome. That's awesome. You know, I, you know, big shout outs, you know, I, you know, I have tons of favorite movies out there. And, uh, so my favorite, one of my favorite actors is Bruce Campbell mm. and he's not in the movie Fargo, but he happens to be in the fake soap opera that they're watching in the cabin that they're holding the wife hostage at. <laughs> So I've been using that as a in the Kevin Bacon game to get to, uh, you know, uh, Steve Buscemi. You just use that jump right there. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> so like I've used that jump so many times. Like Bruce Campbell's not in Fargo. It's like yes he is. Look it up, and you're like, damn it, he's in the fake soap opera on the television, <laughs> and you can barely see him because the the signal's bad, and they're like, you know, they're cold and drinking beer and stuff. Uh, so that's in that. I love that. And then uh, in the movie Slapshot, there's a great fake soap opera. And uh, Lynette, I don't know if you know this, mm. but, um, you know, so Slapshot takes place in Syracuse, Utica, and then uh, they filmed it out in Pennsylvania somewhere. And did you know, like, in pharmacies, like, back in the day, you could go, like, drink with, like, the boys? I don't, first of all, I don't know what this movie is. Second of all, uh, I knew that they have, like, soda fountains and stuff that sometimes serve, like, in the pharmacy. Right. Like, no, but I'm I didn't think you could drink. Booze. I'm talking about booze. Oh, no, I didn't know that. So this movie, Slapshot's great. It's from the 70s. And in the movie, the hockey team and, like, all these people get together and they, they drink in the pharmacy and watch soap operas. It's so <laughs> awesome. And I'm like, I just want to live that life in the super 70s. It just looks great. Uh, so I guess I'm going to have to watch Slapshot now. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Um, I have a couple stories, but, you know, I'm going to end on a big one. So, Lynette, no, you're not. I, uh, You know, I was hoping Chris was going to be on just because he, he's the sports guy with me. Right. Um, but I think you can talk about these topics. Um, so, for my birthday a couple weeks ago, mm. we had a socially distanced party with about six people. Not a lot of people. I was going to say, uh, I was so socially distant, I wasn't there. You weren't even there. <laughs> I mean, so we were practicing social... <laughs> <laughs> so it was a local people and there was six you know six people but uh katie cat she's the best and she yeah. got me an inflatable uh screen for my projector so we could all be in the backyard and still be socially distanced you know and that's the point so it was yeah. awesome and we rented ufc um it was an awesome event uh nunez was the head card a woman fight okay. and um more importantly, I bring this up because MLB can't get their shit together about starting the season. Right. Um, NFL really hasn't – they're like, oh, we're going for it. But they really haven't come out with 
uh, plan if like half a team tests positive on a Thursday? What are you going to do about Sunday? Are you going to still play and no team has no offensive line and the quarterback's going to get killed or, you know what I mean? They still haven't come up with a, like a, a plan. MLB should be playing because that's a socially distanced sport. You know what I mean? Right. Like no one's even close to each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the it's runner. Like, right. It, it's so weird. Anyway, so here we have Dana White of the UFC. Um, Lynette, what, what are your thoughts on UFC in general? Do you watch it? Do you, have you caught it? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, UFC. UFC is actually like the mixed martial. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer UFC over like WWE and stuff just because it actually, to me, takes athletic ability. Okay. okay. Um, and I prefer it over like boxing and things because boxing oh. to me is just cra- I mean, I know UFC is bloody. I've watched, I've watched bouts in the past. Um, usually with my best friend's husband, Chris, mm-hmm. um, when we're really drunk. Uh, but yeah, I don't follow it. I would watch, like, if I was at your house and you, you guys rented it, I would watch it. Like, I have no problem with it. Okay, great. I just yeah. want to get, yeah, your, your general take. Okay. So this is what Dana White of the UFC has done. Um, he has bought a fight island. Did you know this? No. So to get around the whole you know, pretty much traveling, Americans traveling and traveling to America because we're infested here. Every other country is fine. So in order to get people not, you know, uh, anxiety provoked about coming to, let's say, Vegas for a fight or Mm -hmm. Denver for a fight, and then, you know, fans show up and they're outside the stadium and causing a nightmare, he has bought Fight Island, a whole island. Everyone on the island has been tested negative for COVID. Okay. Everyone that gets flown in gets tested the day they land. And then the day they're going to fight, they get their temperature taken. Everything is... Wait, are they quarantined, though, for 14 days? Because that's key. I Once believe they... so. I think they go there before the fight, 14 days before the fight. Okay, okay. And they train in their separate camp. I mean, they, this is all laid out. And they've been doing this for about... Well, so on my birthday a couple weeks ago, that was the first fight on Fight Island. Wow. So here is this person, you know, Dana White sold the UFC for a billion dollars with a B a while ago. And Mm -hmm. here's this person with their sport. He is doing something that no other sport is doing, guaranteeing your athlete's safety, guaranteeing Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to have a quality product. There's no fans in the stands. Everyone wears a mask, everyone in the corner, every, every referee, not the referee, but so you just have the referee and the two fighters. That's it. But they have all been tested and all been like self-quarantined to their camps, everything. And so here you have this sport that is figuring it out. And, you know, of course, it has to do with the type of sport it is. You know what I mean? You really right. only have to worry about two athletes per fight. You know what I mean? Um, where with a football game, you have people like on top of each other. So that's going to be really tough. So I just thought that. This is, I think this is going to be a momentous shift for what sports are more popular going forward, especially in America. Because you have this UFC that is figuring it out, that has fights going on already, that is their sport, like live, on TV, pay-per-view events, rocking and rolling, and giving a quality product. You have other sports that are scrambling, and players are arguing for more money. GMs are arguing for like half seasons. It's a nightmare. So I just wanted to give a big shout out to the UFC. It was a great night of fights. There's this one guy. Uh, his name is Bruce Leroy. He has a giant afro. I love it. Yeah. And he won. He usually doesn't win. His his record's kind of like down the middle. Mm-hmm. But he does like flips and shit. He does high kicks. 
exciting guy to watch. He might just, you know, get killed in the first round, but exciting guy to, to watch. Anytime I see a fight with him, I love him. Um, and he won that night on my birthday. It was great. That's and awesome. then the, the last fight, the, uh, the women's fight, the Nunez just wailed, kept her belts. Awesome stuff. So there's more UFC events coming up. I just highly encourage people out there. If you're missing sports, uh, the UFC is delivering a great product. And if you haven't checked out UFC, you know, I've heard the bloody thing and how it's like kind of a vicious sport. But I have to say, like, since I've been watching it for a while now. Um, it's less bo- it's less bloody to me than boxing, definitely. Me, Well, nowadays, they, they call the fight really quick. You know okay. what I mean? When someone goes down, the ref jumps in really quick. There's only okay. been a couple fights where I'm like, whoa, they need to stop this. Nowadays, like, they call it right away. All right. So it's... So, like, you know, they might take one, two big shots, but then it's done. Where boxing, you're sitting there for 10, 12 rounds just taking jabs to the head, you yeah. know, over and over and over. So they say that's worse for your brain, but, I mean, it's not really good for your brain anyway. But Right. <laughs> um, so, anyway, it's, it's a quality product. So if you're missing sports, check that out. Uh, that being said, let's go YouTubing, Lynette. Woohoo! Yeah, YouTube-ing. my favorite. So we've all been quarantined for over 100 days. Um so at the end of this podcast, we give you great YouTubing events. So if you're tuning in for the first time, we always give these great YouTubing events. You can go on Live Newt Swearing on my YouTube. Just go, just Live Newt Swearing on uh, the YouTube. Go to my liked videos. You can see all the videos that we talk about. But Lynette, what do you got on YouTube this week? All right. So I got I got two things. Do we? You want me to go for both? Go for yeah. broke. All right. Yeah. So the first thing is is my friend. I'm gonna give a shout out to my friend Aubrey. She goes, yo, have you seen this? And I go, seen what? She goes, the, with the amount you talk about cats, I'm surprised you haven't seen this. And I go, what is it? So it's a YouTube video. It's called Why Is Cats? It is an hour long, but it's well worth it. And it describes how the musical Cats came to be and then what shouldn't have what did happen and then what should have happened with the movie cats oh i kid you not i was dying of laughter (laughs) Lindsay ellis is her name and she produces them and she's got a whole series of stuff she even goes like she's got one on lord of the rings which i still have to watch um she's got one about pretty much any anything entertainment wise she like kind of breaks it down whether it's good or bad or whatever um but this one was hilarious i was crying it was so funny um well worth the hour if you just need something to be like what what why 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 do we have either why um so why is cats lindsay ellis solid solid good shot awesome awesome second one is <laughs> I don't know if you saw it or not, but released today was the trailer for Eurovision, or not today, yesterday actually, was the trailer for Eurovision, which is Elizabeth Banks and Will Ferrell have come together to create Eurovision Song Contest, the Fire, the Story of Fire Saga. It is a two-hour and three-minute comedy movie that will be coming out on June 26th directly to Netflix. Wow. Um, And you know, as I've talked about before, I have a love of Eurovision. 
and it's a very specific breed of people that enter Eurovision every year. And watching this, yeah. I was like, yeah, they got it. They got this. <laughs> um, so the trailer for, again, Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga with Will Ferrell and Elizabeth Banks. Or no, wait, awesome. I'm sorry. Not Elizabeth Banks, Rachel McAdams. Oh. Sorry, sometimes they look the same to me. <laughs> um, Excellent. Yeah, so that's actually coming out next week, the end of next week. Awesome, awesome. What you got? All right, All right. I got a, I got a bunch, okay? Um, really quick, um, the Japanese Evil Dead uh, is coming out on uh, American video since 1985. This crazy Japanese version of the Evil Dead oh. has been like... Uh, it looks crazy. It's a trailer. It just came out. It's being released by a company. I sent it to my friend Nick. Oh, my God. He was like, my God, that looks cheesy and trashy and awesome. So check that out. Japanese Evil Dead. Also, Lynette, I don't know if you've been noticing uh, me and the kiddo getting way into Frisbee golf. Yeah, I noticed that. I was going to ask you where you guys play to see if I could maybe take nieces or something. If it's. Oh, my God. So there's there is. Oh, oh, I'm glad you asked. So there is this. App. It's called U-Disc. Uh, U, just the letter U-Disc. And um, it is where you can kind of mark your rounds. You can keep score, but it tells you what Frisbee golf courses are around you. And can oh. I tell you around the Schenectady and Albany area? There's a billion. There really? are so many. So this sport is, I call it a sport. I mean, it's, when you watch it on YouTube, there's, so there's this, um, uh, Jomez Pro, it's with a Z. Jomez Pro is the name of the channel. He has live events. It's kind of like it's very relaxing watching these guys throw frisbees. It's great. Um, but playing the sport, it's great. Great way to get steps on the Fitbit. Um, and you know, my mom came out with uh, Deacon and I, and she was like, "This is great. This isn't like golf. Like if you've ever played golf, like you know, at a certain point you stop seeing the ball, you stop hitting the ball, and you just pick up your ball. And you're like, I'm going to ride the cart. I'm done with this. This is dumb. Right." Um, where this is a Frisbee. It really doesn't take that much skill to just throw the Frisbee forward and then move ahead, throw it. And so you can just play casually, and it's just like taking a hike or a walk. It's awesome. Most of the courses are beautiful, well-groomed. Um, you can play 9 or 18. It is so much fun, and especially a kid around Deacon's age, like 6, 7, when they're getting into counting, mm. and they start understanding, like, oh, you have a less score than me. That means... I need to get less than you. Like once they start getting that kind of competition thing, they get it. Gotcha. Like there was a guy out. Um, also, it's a great socially distancing sport. I mean, there's no one out there. <laughs> and when they are, you just wait for them to finish and then you just go ahead. Um, there was a guy out there with like maybe a three and four year old and they're just throwing discs around. He's like, oh, you guys give me hope. You guys did the whole course. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just hold in there. Like once they start getting that you're beating them or they want to beat you, they'll get it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They'll they'll be like, oh, I want to be daddy at something. So check out Frisbee Golf um, in real life and on YouTube. It's so awesome. It's 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 seriously my favorite thing. But Lynette, more importantly, so on today's podcast, mm. we talked about some deep topics, right? Yeah. Some crazy racial topics, some heated shit on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just every day you tune in. There's, it's just another murder. It's just another protest on fire. It's just another news story about Beyonce taking over Storm. Ugh. It's just awful. Just awful shit happening in the world. What is the world coming to? Yeah. So I was like, I found salvation on YouTube. Now, hear me out, okay? There are these guys. And, Lynette, I really need you to 
Can you look this up while I'm talking to you? All right, yeah, go on YouTube, and I want you to just type in Frankenstein's Lab. Oh, God. Yeah, all right, just just type it in, and just let me know. Let me know when you get there. Just let me know. Okay. I'm assuming it's good enough for the big TV, so I'm doing it on the big big TV. I just need you to see the screens of the guys that do it. So Frankenstein's Lab, let me break it down. So there's these two African-American dudes. I think they're from Houston, and... I don't want to speculate, but I believe that they're pretty stoned when they do these videos. <laughs> I was going to ask you that about the, the Frisbee golf people. How stoned were oh, they? Oh, oh, yeah. So, like, you got two stoner things in my, on my YouTube pics <laughs> this week. So these guys on Frankenstein's Lab, there's these two African-American gentlemen, and they have – their eyes are barely open while they're on the video. <laughs> They're like little slits oh, of eyes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the the video I want to point you to is, so Bill Burr, who is in King of Staten Island, yeah. he, has, um, he, he has a black wife. His wife is African-American. And he often talks about her on the podcast, but he has a, a great bits about being a white guy, hanging out with black people. And these guys reacting to his bits – so if you go to their page, they do Bill Burr reacts. They react to a lot of stand-up comedy like Dave Chappelle and stuff. And I just, you know what? It made me laugh, and it just made me go, you know, we can all get along. You know what I mean? It just made me like, I was like, all right. You know, I just needed to laugh. And seeing these guys laugh at a goofy white Irish guy from Boston <laughs> say asshole shit on a stage, I was like, we can get along. <laughs> We're not that far away. We just need to change and, and, you know, be better people. But those two made me happy. So Frankenstein's Lab, big ups. Um, Lynette, please check them out. You're going to laugh oh, so hard. Yes. Me and Katie Cat, we watched so many of their videos. And they watched Chappelle. They watched some Louis C.K. They watched um, tons of other stuff. But the Bill Burr React ones from them are so funny, I lost my breath. Because they were just laughing. <laughs> so the one that is my favorite is Bill Burr. So it's Frankenstein's Lab reacts, Bill Burr, Black Friends, Clothes, and Harlem. Yep, that's the one that I got queued up. Okay, you need to watch that and just give me some text because it made me so happy. It made me forget everything that's going on in the world. And I was like, we can do this. We can all laugh at each other and just, you know, be all right. You know, can't can't we all just get along? (laughs) Anyway, so Lynette, there's my recommendations. Lynette, I think we did good. I think, I think we did, we did good well. today. Yeah. I think we healed the world. I hope you... so. I really, <laughs> really hope so. I hope we we wake up tomorrow, like after Chris posts this right away, and then it's like, boom, everything's all set. Like, you know what? We found it. Lynette and Ben, they figured yeah. it out. I hope so. I doubt yeah. so, but I hope so. I, I doubt so. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I doubt so. I love it. All right, Lynette, thank you so much. Yes. What's going on in your life? Any other shout outs? Anything you got to say? Just, uh, you know, uh, hold it now for or forever. Hold your peace or whatever. Whatever it said. Yeah. Speak it now. (laughs) Uh, I got some blog posts up on onstage blog that you can read. Um, One about some Netflix watching earlier and then also me growing up through Color Purple. I'm also about to write another one coming up soon. Um, Other than that, I'm doing my nursing thing. Going to take care of some summer camp kids. And that's about it. That's all I got. Awesome. Awesome, Lynette. Lynette. What about you? 
What about me? Um, I'm hoping that Chris posts my uh, top 20 movies article oh, that yeah. I wrote. I thought he already did. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> scroll back. Hint, hint. Scroll back to your text messages. I think that went oh. up months ago. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for it. I never saw it. So, I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's about it. Uh, but, Lynette, I hope to see you on the Frisbee golf course. Hope to see you soon. Uh, yeah. Things, we, we live in New York State, and things seem to be lifting yeah. slowly but safely. I'm still making masks. I don't know how masks. it is. In, yep. Oh, everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's being respectful around here, so it's awesome. Um, but, you know, I'm New York proud here. You know what I yeah. mean? I really am. It seems like we're doing this right, and everyone's kind of taking their time up here. I mean, we also I also live in a quite a rural community yeah. with not a lot of people around. So we're just kind of still on... – yeah, we're ordering stuff off the internet still and doing Instacart. But, you know, there's not a lot of people out there. So just stay safe, everyone. Stay smart. All right. All right. Bye, Lynette. Be well. Bye. See ya.